Welcome in to DNVR Buffs After Dark. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm here with uh, Superstar Dev. We uh, we had a long day today. We uh, went up to Folsom, watched a lot of football, went to a tailgate, did some media after. Uh, for those of you who aren't watching this live, first of all, congrats on not being awake at one in the morning. For those of you who are, it's one in the morning is the point. This is going to be a, a little bit of a wild one because I'm I'm really tired. I bet Dev's really tired. I'll let uh, I'll let you speak for yourself now about all that though, Dev. Well, first off, I think it's like super cool that you have the mic and stuff like that. Like I, I should I should have a mic that looks su super legit. But yeah, such a super long day. Um, you guys had the the DMVR golf um, tournament or something that went on today. Uh, I heard you guys pulled off the win on that. Um, you're the victors, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so so I had actually forgotten that that had happened. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that golf tournament in about six hours. But yeah, we, we're the champs. Me, RK, Big Drive Mitch, Big Drive Spence. Honestly, we were the best team in the field. It's what should have happened. Uh, but still feels good for it to actually be what happened. From there, though, uh, straight up to the tailgate. That was a good time. Got to hang out with our guy, Evan Batty, there for a bit. I uh, saw a couple of the uh, other other basketball players, Lawson Lovering, uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew. It was it was a good time. Yeah, that, that was a good time. Also, I think that there's uh, some type of mental health um, like aspects uh, about driving to Boulder, like just getting on top of that hill and seeing the mountains mm -hmm. and, and everything. I think it's soothing. Like it, it actually calms me down and stuff. It's Boulder's a, a beautiful city, so I'm excited every single time that I go out there. But Today was a little bit different for me because I didn't understand the whole tailgate thing. You know, like, I, you know, we we kind of had it at. I, so just to let you let you know, I don't know if I actually told you I actually went to UNC. So it was it was a game that I for sure had to be at, you know, because it was CU um, first time they played in what two years. And then it was going against my alma mater. So. Um, I went to see you and we didn't have the same experiences of a hundred thousand people ready to party <laughs> and root you on. It was probably a hundred people at the games when I was going to UNC, um, opposed to a hundred thousand. So like the whole tailgating, awesome, just completely like in the insane and just such a cool experience. Yeah, it, it is so much fun. Like it's the way it's supposed to be. Like, like I was talking to my mom on my way up there. Cause I was like, I'm, it's, it's three o'clock and I'm already super tired and I got to talk to somebody or I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel here. Um, and she was saying like, it's kind of early to be starting tailgate. And it's like, no, it's, it's not. Do you understand what this is? This is just like a bunch of people hanging out in a parking lot, drinking beer, playing games and eating food. Like you could, you could start at 8 AM and, and make a case that that's not early enough. If, if I was to like, if, like if you would have told high school dev that there is a place that you could go to where there's just drinking and people everywhere and everybody is like diehard fans and they all like the same exact team and like that's a part of your college experience. I'd be like, oh, this is this is awesome. This is a party every single week that I'm like able to do. And then not to like mention that it's like for other sports and, and things like that, but for like you to be a diehard basketballer or football fan and to have that experience, it's wild. It's something I feel like everybody should do or experience at some point in their life. And it's really cool. You're just able to just walk up to various people and just get a beer if you're of age or go get a brat. And I, I love brats. So I'm just like, I'm broughting it up. I'm like, I'm actually looking at people and I'm determined. I'm like, this guy, he, he looks like he he knows what he's doing on the grill. You walk up and you get a you get a brat. It, it it was some seriously good food. And shout out to the guys at All Buffs. They were in charge of the food. We brought the beer. It's a good setup. If you guys uh, weren't there today, you missed out. Come on down. We'll be there every game this season. Uh, north side of Farron Field. It's a good spot. It was a lot of fun. Um, we're going to obviously get into a bunch of the football stuff first. Just kind of touching on a couple of the other things that happened. I had a chance to to see LaVisca for a couple of minutes. Uh, he was he was in the tunnel while I was waiting to do some interviews. Um, McKinley Wright, he, he was talking quite a bit about how much fun he's having playing um, with the Minnesota Timberwolves, his home, hometown team. Um, and he's really excited to be playing with Derrick Rose. Um, adding Patrick Beverly to that team 
right? That's he, there's two of those guys. They're basically the same guy, but Patrick Beverly's on that team. And he's like saying he's learning so much from him. Um, sounds like he's playing like 25 games in the G league, 55 in, in the NBA, something like that. And he seems like he's in a really good place. And it was cool to hear all that from him. Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome experience. Like to, to go back to your, you know, a place that made you who you are in, in coming back to Colorado, like our CU, um, and to basically be a professional at that point and to um, be able to be around your peers. But that also shows you just like what type of atmosphere that you're at when you're with CU and you just feel at home. Um, you're, you're back to normal. You're back to, you know, being, you know, one of the the chosen ones. He, he's one of those guys. Um, and in LaVisca, like we already know, he he's a professional. Mm-hmm be professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that's cool to, to, to come back and to play or to just be around your guys as they start their season. They're like, that has to be great vibes. Also, it's their first time playing since I feel like, you know, both of them were, were still there. So that, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, just jumping into this football game. What is your biggest takeaway uh, from, from what we saw on the field today? I think, Number one for me, I think that um, the offense, like uh, the explosive offense that we were looking for, didn't look as explosive as as I thought. That would have to be my first Mm -hmm. takeaway. Um, I knew that this was a a very talented offensive team. You know, they have a a wild receiving core um, that it just has. It just feels like you could just pull a name out of a hat and those guys can go off. Mm -hmm. And then you have a wild backfield, which we did get to see um, tonight. But I just felt like it was going to come together. You have this explosive quarterback who's, you know, really fast. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. Good size. You know, and you have everyone else around them. I just felt like the offense um, was just going to move a little bit different than it did. Um, And that's my biggest takeaway is that it it wasn't what I expected it to be. Um, Yes, the first game of the season, and I think that that's going to, you know, translate. Mm -hmm. But just going off of it, I expected – see you to score whenever they wanted to, or just to have their way with, with the smaller UNC team. And that's not how it went. No, it, it wasn't. And and we'll dig into some more of these stuff, like in, in, in this stuff in detail in, in a bit, but I think that the way this game played out, you know, obviously the fans were upset as they probably should have been because the game was zero zero in the first quarter and they're playing Northern Colorado and no disrespect Dev, but there's a way that that game is supposed to go. I think that if, if things had gone in a different order, like like they kind of got hot maybe halfway through the second quarter, had a good third quarter, were building that lead, maybe had a couple good breaks in there. It wasn't necessarily all things that they did. But if they had come out and looked like that and then hit a lull kind of in the third quarter, it would feel different because there would have been this nice splash. You get the points right off the bat and, and, and everybody's happy and you start out on that positive note. And I think that it, it just kind of turned into a bit of a sour night, maybe more so than it should be just because of that slow start. Um, and, and it makes sense that they started slow, right? Like it's a new quarterback. They're playing the first game of the season. And I thought that they got better throughout the course of the game which again is what you expect in these circumstances. Do you, do you feel that way that they did seem like they started to just kind of slowly build and build and build as things went along? Yeah. And I mean, and it's the first game of the season you have those jitters, but a big thing um, I don't think that I, I realized or just thought too much about until um, going to the, you know, the post game um, conferences is they prepared for a team that they had no idea about. Like there was nothing that, to go off of. There was no info. There was there was nothing about UNC, what they would look like, the type of schemes that they would run, the type of defense, you know, Ed McCaffrey has ran in the past, mm-hmm. or even Dylan McCaffrey. There's nothing on the main guys for UNC. So it's hard to prepare for a team when you're not preparing. You're just going out there and you're going through your, you, you know, your stuff, but you don't know what type of defense they're going to come out with. So you don't know what adjustments you have to make. You don't know if they're going to, you know, press up man up go into a zone you just you're just playing your game so now you have to make adjustments so I knew it was going to be a very slow start um in in the first half but I knew that there was going to be adjustments that were made in the second half and CU did make those adjustments and and that's why they did take off with the game um but it, it it was difficult going into it to just say hey we're a team that hasn't played in a long time we're coming you know a lot of changes have happened on our end um, and we also don't know what you're doing. 
So this was going to have to be a game of adjustments. And I, I feel like they did do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just a little behind the scenes. So, so the way it worked was after the game, dev listened in on like the real post game press conference with Carl Durrell, with all those guys, I went down and got a chance to talk with a couple of the other guys. Uh, so, so we heard different things after the game. I heard from Nate Landman. Um, I heard from Jalen Sami. I heard from Dimitri Stanley, um, Alex Fontenot, Isaiah Lewis, a, a bunch of those guys. First of all, who, who did, who was at the podium Deb? Cause I still haven't heard that. So at the podium, it was, uh, it was, it was coach Darrell for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Brendan Lewis, uh, came Jarek, uh, Broussard came, um, Makai Blackman. Okay. And I want to say Miller. Oh yeah. Chris Miller. That's right. That was the last one. Yeah. And so, so obviously the, the storylines are the same, the things that you heard probably line up with what I heard, but, but coming from different perspectives. And one of the things that, uh, Nate brought up was, was exactly that. Like we're making adjustments and specifically halftime was a time when things really changed. And when we got into the weeds a little bit, they were saying like, we thought that Northern Colorado was going to be running the ball. We, we ran a defense out there that was meant to stop them from running the ball. And then they come out just throwing the ball over the place. I think that the first two plays of the game were first down passes from Dylan McCaffrey. And on both of those, they were thinking, ah, they're going to be conservative. You start the game with a handoff. You don't give, give your quarterback a chance to screw things up, but that's not what happened. And they had to make a bunch of, a bunch of changes. Um, Dimitri Stanley was talking about how uh, they, they expected uh, maybe more man coverage and then they got the zone and they had to talk about how do we beat these zones? What routes do we need to run? And, and uh, other things like from Isaiah Lewis saying uh, we needed to figure out what routes they run on, you know, first and 10 on, on third and 10 on third and three. Um, and, and, and there's some of these details that you just need to pick up on in the game. There's, there's no prep work. You can't just outsmart the other team. Um, and, and those are kind of the big takeaways when we talked about those adjustments um, down below. Is that does that line up with what you heard? Yeah, as far as just um, adjustments on, on the opposing team, it's hard to make any type of uh, tendencies on a team that doesn't have anything to go off of. And then also in, in a, a coach that's making his debut, a, a quarterback that's making their debut and um, a lot of changes on the UNC side because that's not the same team we've seen when they last played at all. Um, there's nothing that you can find on there. But on, on the opposing side, it was more so a lot of um, talking about the penalties and, and the lack of discipline mm-hmm. um, because Coach you know, Darrell, he said that this is not something that they had seen um, in, in their camp. They, they were, there was no penalties. Um, people were disciplined. People were playing the right way. So he was really shocked. Um, that that was happening. He did say that he is going to tip his hat to um, Coach McCaffrey for uh, for not playing for a season and a half and still coming out and you know playing like tough and feeling like they can compete with a team like CU like that. You know that's just um, not what they expected as much. But he did say he was really disappointed in the the, the discipline of the team because that's not a team that he's trying to coach or a team that they are or have have been. Um, so those penalties are just going to make it hard because it's uncharacteristic of the team that they are um, at all. So that was like a a big uh, talking point was knowing that they made mistakes and then left a lot of points out there or put the opposing team into good field position or just wasn't playing their game the the way that they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the same down below talking about those same things, you know, I think the play that really stands out is is the Naim Rodman unnecessary roughness or, or whatever the personal foul was on a play where, you know, Northern Colorado was going to go for it on fourth down. They probably shouldn't have. I, I think it, the, there was like a false start that knocked him back five yards. They were likely going to punt. But after all that happened, Naim gets called for whatever personal foul, taunting, something like that. And they wind up getting the first down going down the field, scoring a touchdown. And that's the, that's the one touchdown that Northern Colorado scored in the game. And it was just so easily avoidable. 
had they just not had that mistake. And, and there were some other flaws in this game, and we're going to get into some of those. You know, it, it, I don't think it was a good night for Brendan Lewis. You know, the, the slow start was concerning. Um, I think there, there were some tackling issues as well. We're going to get into all that stuff in a second. Um, but first, we want to talk about beef and uh, specifically Hassle Cattle Company beef. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they provide some beef for the DMVR bar. It's really good stuff. We're going to be out there tomorrow, actually. Uh, there's a, a launch for a whole bunch of new stuff that's going on, um, some shirts, all that kind of stuff. I think that's at 6. I'm going to be down there for that. My, my plan is to like do the show tonight, write a couple things, and then uh, sleep until... 545 and just head straight over there and get some food um but this reminds me though maybe this is a good time to get into it real quick uh the new ralphie raised by a beef cow that crowd went crazy for ralphie tonight yeah i i, I don't i personally don't understand it it is <laughs> nuts people are infatuated with it mm -hmm. but it's also one of those things that you just have to experience and mm -hmm. like i feel you know, lucky. Uh, I feel blessed to be able to experience the first time that Ralphie Six mm -hmm. ran. Like, that's just insane to think about. It was incredible. Like, the, the amount of energy in that crowd. Like, like when the student section realized that, that Ralphie was out on the field, like, it took them a second. They were, like, moving her across the field. And then everybody starts screaming. And, and then they start chanting Ralphie. And it's just over and over. And people lost their minds. And regardless of, like, whether you get excited about seeing a cute baby buffalo, which I do, Dev doesn't because he's some like crazy man. But it's cool just to be in that environment to to see people react like that. And and I mean that's just sports. If college football's back, we didn't have anything like that for for the entire last year. Speaking of uh, being like a madman or like just like not thinking about things, mm -hmm. I heard that you wanted Ralphie to run at the basketball game. With I, uh, booties on, it'd be incredible. It'd be incredible. Could you imagine that? Like, like it is such a great opportunity when you have a, a a buffalo that is so small that you could fit her inside that arena. And then they're going to do what? What, what do you think actually happens? Do you think they're going to clean the? I mean, clear the arena for her to run around it and then just get out? Like everyone's in danger because you have this idea. I just don't get what happened here. You know, you know, like how like there's those walkers that have like the tennis balls on the bottom of them. Just get a couple of those tennis balls, put them on her horns. Mm. And then what's the worst thing that happens? Somebody like breaks a couple ribs because they get like the the, the head to the chest or something. That, that's it. That's it. Plus, that's I got I an got. inside scoop tonight, actually. Um, so during like Ralphie's training, one of the one of the things that they had to deal with with her was uh, that she would run down like start her run go down and then just kind of stop and walk back and i think actually in her second half run you could kind of see her slow down and they were like no ralphie this is we're like two-thirds of the way through whatever you got to just keep running keep running that actually might play pretty well in the basketball arena where where she runs and then does slow down kind of like she did on that second turn i don't know i, I like it Back back to the uh, back to Hassle Cattle though. There's so much great stuff. Um, the 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 steaks, the hamburger. You really can't go wrong. And if you use the code DMVR10 at checkout when you go to HassleCattleCompany.com, uh, you'll get 10% off your order and free shipping. So definitely check that out because they're great people, do great things for us. Um, and DraftKings has all sorts of different promotions going on right now. Uh, it's the first week of college football, obviously. Uh, next week is the first week of NFL football. And once we get to uh, that uh, first week of NFL football, here's a promotion that's going to be going on. If you're a new user, all you got to do is bet $1 on any week one game, and you'll get $200 in free bets instantly. Um, it's It's basically free money you'd be crazy not to do it so if you haven't signed up yet now's the time to jump in it's football season anyway and betting makes more, the games more fun uh, so head over to the DraftKings sportsbook app now place a bet of one dollar more and make sure that you make your money and if you're a current customer you can participate in the week one no-brainer for opening night all customers can double their money as long as tampa bay doesn't lose by 74 points 
So it can't, it can't be 74 zip. It's not going to happen. It's free money, um, even for existing users. So make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's official sports betting partner of the NFL. Um, use promo code DMVR. Make sure you get those $200 in free bets. Um, must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, we touched on a couple of the things that didn't go great tonight. And uh, now is the time where we're really going to dig into more of those. Um, talked about the penalties. That just needs to change. That, 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 that can't happen again. I'm not sure if the issue was guys were too excited. And, and I brought this up with Nate. I was like, hey, do, do you think that like after not having fans, um, after not having Ralphie, be back in this environment, it just kind of fires guys up more? And he said, yeah, maybe it does. Doesn't matter, though, because we can't be doing dumb stuff. Like, we just can't afford to do that. And, and now we have to spend this next week making sure that we don't do that. And that was kind of Carl Durrell's message after the game was, we shot ourselves in the foot. Sure, we still won 35-7, to seven, but we shot ourselves in the foot. Um, we, we think we've covered the penalties, but if you have any final thoughts before we move on, feel free. No, I mean, it's, it's pretty much um, just looking at their schedule ahead. You know that this is something that they have to clear up, especially with the, you know, the opponent that they have next week. You can't make those type of plays against those type of teams. Um, so it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's good to get it out of the way early, but it's like, okay, we know that we can't do this against another team. It did not, you know, it, it didn't hurt us right now um, per se. But in the future, it will. So, like, let's let's get on that quickly. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, moving on, you know, s- s- some more of the things that uh, – I, 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 this is a transition to Brendan Lewis, and I don't even want to say things went wrong. Um, let me just start by saying what I saw tonight from Brendan Lewis. I think what I saw was a quarterback who was very, very conservative and honestly too conservative. There, there were plays out there that he didn't make because he was not comfortable making the throw for whatever reason. Um, I'd much rather have a, a quarterback who's too conservative than one who's too aggressive. I, I think that that puts you in a better place. But at the same time, when there's receivers who are, are coming out of their break and there's, there's a half a second or a second when they're open and you have to time that throw and get that ball in there, and you're just not willing to do it because you're not trusting your eyes or you're not trusting the play or you're not trusting something, that's a problem. And it's something that does need to get fixed. At the same time, though, what do you think the coaches were telling Brendan for this entire week? Just don't make mistakes. We're going to go beat this team. Just don't turn the ball over. Be conservative. Don't put the ball in harm's way. And that's what we saw. And we saw it to a fault for sure. Um, But... I don't think there were many mistakes out there. There, there was the deep ball to Daniel Arias that was a miss, and that was a touchdown. That that if if you're a starting Power Five quarterback, you've got to make the throw. That that's that's the one big complaint that I have about tonight. Outside of that, it's just kind of a mentality thing that that needs to change, or or maybe it's just seeing these these receivers, these routes develop. And that guys are going to get open. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, just just taking a look at Lewis's night, um, rough first quarter for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, like you said, uh, very conservative. But I think the best part about Lewis's night is this is a an aware leader. Like uh, he he took the blame for it himself, and he was he was pretty honest with himself. You don't see that a lot of times. Um, right after the game, he he, he spoke to everyone, and he said. Um, it felt good to get a win. Like I'm excited that we got a win, but I played decent. I, I was I was disappointed with the, the type of game that I had tonight because that's just not how I am. Um, which is really good to say. But also, you did touch on another key point. Coach Darrell did not think that he had a, a bad game. He actually hmm. went on to say that I was pleased with them. He felt, um, you know, he said I, I was pleased with the way that he played tonight. Um, things weren't open. Um, and, and he'll tell you that he missed a few, um, but he did not throw errant passes. 
Um, he had to throw uh, throw it away when it was like the flushed out of the pocket, and he made those decision. They made those decisions, um, and you have to give credit to the defense. They gave us different looks that Brandon was not ready for, um, and he will be ready like for it in the future. So, I mean, a quarterback that understands that this was not the type of game that you want um, to do, um, and then on the other side, the coaches backing them is really positive. What I say is, you know, just watching the game, um, I just felt like he he was indecisive with his decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he was um, conservative, he just made sure that he did not, you know, try to push it into like, you know, I, I feel like you have to press the issue at times. Mm-hmm. Um, there are going to be moments that you have to make a, a big play. And we saw that with his feet, but not the same type of confidence with throwing the ball. Um, he, he ran a whole bunch, which you can't have from – you know, having only one quarterback that just, you can't do that. You're not supposed to run that many times. You're not supposed to take as many hits as I felt like he took tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're going to get out of the pocket, throw it away, Uh, start trying to, you know, get on the ground. So you're not getting kicked. You've seen that a lot with McCaffrey. Like he gets out of of the pocket. He's going to, you know, hit the ground so that he's not taking those type of hits, but a lot is riding on that you know on Lewis this year with him being pretty much the lone quarterback so you, you got to make better decisions in those type of things so the indecisiveness was what stood out for me yeah I, I agree um at the same time there were flashes there were some really really good throws and and we got to see why we are excited about Brendan Lewis you know I brought up the the big miss to Daniel Arias well the play after it's a third and long Brendan sits in the pocket, sits in the pocket, buys some more time by rolling out. Vontae's coming across on the sticks, and he hits Levante Chenault on the sideline with a great ball that went into a pretty tight window to pick up that first down. And those are the type of throws that that you get excited about with Brendan Lewis. You know, there was the touchdown throw, too, which was a very similar play, that same end of the field where it's that rollout and, you know... It'd be nice at some point to see maybe a couple more flashes from inside the pocket instead of just all these bootleg type of things or these even just rollouts that aren't designed. There was there was plenty to like, I think, um, including the fact that, that if you just look at the numbers, he was fairly efficient. 10 of 15, 102 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. That's a solid stat line. It's a solid stat line. And it wasn't a night where you say, oh, wow, guess what? Maybe we have a Heisman contender here. But it was a night where you say, we're not, we're not just screwed. <laughs> this kid can actually play football. And there's going to be some growing pains, and there's some things he absolutely needs to improve upon. But I saw some things that I can get behind. Yeah, and you got to be excited about like the upside with him. Uh, he's a <laughs> dynamic quarterback that can run the ball. Um, extremely well, and we saw that tonight. Like, he, he gets loose, and when he makes his decision up to run, he's going to get to his spots, um, and he can make plays happen. Um, and then you're going to see that later in the season where he's making plays happen, but he's extending, you know, drives with he can move around and then make the pass on, on the move. Right now, I feel like it was a, a conservative night just where you don't take a lot of chances. There are going to be times that he is going to take those chances, and they're going to pay off. Um, and we've seen like plays like that, you know, today, even on the um, when he missed um, areas um, for the end zone, that is a play him making a play and he he, he throws it up. Um, I feel like in the future, he's going to do those same type of things. They're going to you know convert on those type of drives. But having a quarterback that can run and throw, that's going to be scary for a team that's, you know, you could play action. You have really dangerous receivers. You have really good running backs. Um defenses are not going to know how, like what to do. And then you have a quarterback that can do a little bit of, of everything. That's, that's a, a recipe for success. I totally agree. Um, another thing though, that I was, uh, I was disappointed by was the, the running game early in the game. Things really picked up for the buffs later on, but in that first quarter, they they were not able to get much done on the ground. You know, I think Jarrett got loose once, but for the most part, there just weren't any running lanes. And that is a problem. 
when you look at this offensive line and, and the fact that they're going up against Northern Colorado, because next week they play Texas A&M with, you know, DeMarvin Leal, who's a likely top 10 pick playing defensive tackle right there. It's scary. It's scary. Yeah, that first that first quarter, uh, Broussard, you know, he I feel like he finished like five attempts in eight yards. You can't do that against, a, you know, a, a, a real, you know, big team. Um, and, and they're going to see really good teams um, in, in the coming weeks, especially next week. And I think it makes it really difficult because everything comes next week. That's where the barometer is. Um, and that's such a talented team. But even looking past next week, you you're going to have to be able to run the ball um, early in the game and establish that run really early if you're going to try to throw the ball. And maybe that even plays into why Lewis was conservative. We're not running the ball early, and I don't want to make mistakes on my end. If we can't get anything at all going on the offense, I'm putting us in a hole, which you know makes it really difficult. You don't want to lose the first game, especially to UNC. So you're like, okay, things are going to open up. Things are going to shake up for us um, later on in the game, and it did. Um, but I feel like that could have played, you know, its part. And that's not just saying like that it's only on the linemen or it's only on the running backs. Like that's just a concerted effort for every, the entire offense. Everyone has to be clicking. Everybody has to um, be on the same page for it to go that that way. Um, and you know, later on in the game, they gave different looks. Um, they have other running backs, and they started, you know, popping off those big runs, and you're starting to get the confidence going, and the holes are starting to get bigger um, when you get those confidence, and you're moving guys around, and you started to see that. So that is, while it it was it was rough to start out the game, things started to look a little bit more normal, or what you expected them later in the game. I agree, and and I think that that kind of adds up, and in. I thought that regardless of which lineman CU put out there, they'd be able to run the ball. But the fact that they didn't have Frank Phillip, who won't be back for a couple of weeks, he's going to be a part of their best five if they're ever at full strength. You have Casey Roddick, who's likely a part of that group. You've got Max Ray, the tackle, who at some point I think is going to be a starter. Maybe having potentially not, not your top guys out there, but on top of that, rotating through guys during the preseason figuring out the chemistry you can make excuses i guess and and find reasons why it would take some time for them to get ready and on top of that like the chemistry on some plays was obvious you know jaylee stacks he had a great block on alex fontenot's touchdown just clearing guys out at the goal line you love to see it earlier in the game there was one play where he lined up at fullback and it was like a, a run to the right and he went outside the tackle, didn't hit anybody. And, and there was room out there, and the running back like cut up the middle. And I'm not sure who was wrong, but they were not on the same page, and the play didn't work. And you wound up with a blocker who wasn't blocking anybody after showing that you were going to, 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 to run the ball by putting a fullback out there. And there's just those little things like that where you know you say, yeah, it's the first game of the season. It's, it's early in the first game of the season. You're going to have those mistakes, those miscommunications. It, it, we don't need to panic. At the same time, though, you're, I mean, we've, we've, we're past midnight. We're seven days away from Colorado taking on Texas A&M. And if you make those mistakes, you're going to lose. Yeah, really, it, this game was about, first off, getting those jitters out, getting a game and a win under your belt. Um which, you know, they did. Like, the first game of the season, especially when you um, put UNC on your schedule, was to get everything that they got out of this game. No major injuries, jitters out, you know, play in front of your crowd and get back to playing in the crowd. Ralphie, you know, was there tonight. Um, you got a new quarterback, and you're trying to, you know, see how that looks. Um, there, there was a lot of things, like, that that you look at but you also have to just look in, in, in high, like in your mind, you have to say next week has to be different, completely different. We have to focus on, you know, our next opponent and that's our, you know, our most important game of the year. Yep. And you can't be giving Texas A&M extra drives by being called for penalties. Like you can't be extending those, giving them extra opportunity to get points. It just doesn't work. Um, 
A- anything else that, that really concerned you of, about this game before we move on to some of the highlights here in a second? No, uh, not concerns. Um, one one thing that like stands out just since we are talking about, talking about those running backs, um, Darrell said it. And I mean, most coaches say it, but we really did see it tonight. Um, he, he he said it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. Um, we have really good depth in our backfield, mm-hmm. um, and I'm happy. You know, all of those guys got into the end zone, but I can't keep everyone happy. And we got to see that, you know, type of type of like come into play tonight. You have Broussard, um, you know, he gets an end zone. Um, we Ashad Clayton, he plays really well tonight. And, you know, he, I feel like he looked six yards a carry. Um, Deion Smith gets into the end zone and he comes on late. Um, Fontenot has a good game and he's starting to look like himself. He has those flashes and it feels like he's always moving forward no matter what, but how do you keep everyone happy and how do you find a rhythm with those running backs when you have so many guys that, that, that you have to feed and you feel like you should do those type of changes of pace. I think that does become difficult for a coach, for a team, for a player. It is a really tough situation to, to pick those guys because, because, yeah, you you do kind of have to figure out at the very least like who your three are, and I think you look at that and say it's Jarek, it's Alex and Ashad. But we saw Dion Smith break some pretty big runs tonight, and he looks fast. And we'll see how it shakes out, and it might be different game to game, but that is maybe one of the biggest storylines to take away from this, which is crazy when when we consider we were just complaining about the running game in the first quarter. To, to the next conversation being how do you get all these running backs on the field? They all deserve so much playing time. Um, and we just kind of have to watch and see how it shakes out. I guess before we move on, the, the one more thing that I will say concerns me is uh, the, the tackling. And, and there were some plays where you saw some really good tackles. I think Chris Miller had a couple really good tackles. At the same time, there were absolutely some missed tackles that, that you need to make especially because it's Northern Colorado, because it's going to be even tougher to bring on, bring down Isaiah Spiller next week, who might be the best running back in college football. Uh, the, yeah, the, touchdown. the play that stands out the most, especially is that, that Cassidy Woods catch. Um, he gets hit by two Colorado defenders. Mm-hmm. He just bounces off of both of them and walks into the end zone for a touchdown. You let a, you know, a running back, uh, you know, like they, they're about to play, get those type of runs early where he's bouncing around the guys, his confidence gets going. The offense knows that like, they're, they're missing tackles and they can't, you know, slow, slow them down. It becomes already like a long day. It's going to make it even longer. Now he's going to have a field day. So yeah, you have to bottle that up really fast. And that was actually something that was not talked about in the post gamer, uh, which, which is a little bit shocking. Uh, I feel like they would talk a little bit more about, we, we can't miss tackles. We, we do have to execute. We do have to, you know, stop plays early on when they're happening. Um, you can't give those type of plays up. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Um, we're we're going to give out helmet stickers. We've got to get to our DraftKings king of the game. First, though, I want to remind you guys, if you're looking for a job, ball is the place to go. Uh, you might know ball from uh, Ball Arena where the Nuggets and Avalanche play. Uh, you might have been up at the game tonight, got a beer, and that comes in an aluminum can that has a big ball logo on it. Ball does a whole bunch of different things. Um, but the, the one that we want to talk about right now is the aluminum plant they have in Golden. Uh, so Ball produced over 101 billion cans last year, which is just a ridiculous number of cans. Uh, it's, they, they do it sustainably. Um, aluminum's very recyclable, all that kind of stuff. And uh, they, they get good ratings from like the Human Rights Campaign, which is... Again, I'm not the human rights campaign expert. I would love for them to say good things about me, though, because it seems like they know what they're talking about. Um, right now, they are hiring for that plant in Golden. You can check out the uh, opportunities by texting Golden to 77222 or going to jobs.ball.com and searching for Golden. It's Golden to 77222 or jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. All right, let's just kick this off with the DraftKings King of the Game. We went with Makai Blackman. 
And uh, the reason why he, he, he made the interception, he also tied for the team lead in tackles, and he just played really good coverage consistently throughout the night. Um, I, I, I was impressed by, by what I saw from him, uh, second team preseason, all pack 12 player. And, you know, I think he lived up to the hype tonight. And, and that's just good to see that you have a cornerback like that across from Christian Gonzalez, who could be another guy who, who we look at in the same light, depending on how this season goes for him. Yeah. He's just moving around out there. He's making plays. He, he's a playmaker, um, on the different defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, what you don't see a lot of, he's everywhere. He's, he's up and making tackles. He's covering um, guys. He's um, pushing balls down. He gets an interception at a key point in the game where momentum seemed like it was, you know, on the fence of going the other way. That's just the type of leader that you need, a guy that's going to step up and make sure that things are going right. And I feel like he is that equalizer that, you know, brings the team um, back to where they're supposed to get and gets that momentum on the other side. That that interception really did change the game because what there was, I think, I think it was one Oh nine on the clock and it was a 14 zero game and he picks off a pass in the end zone. If you go into that halftime 14 to seven, that <laughs> is, that is not where you want to be. And at the same time, like we do have to say it was a bad throw from Dylan McCaffrey. It, it, it wasn't like Makai was like, baiting the the quarterback and then jumping in there no it, it was a bad throw but he capitalized he took advantage and did a whole bunch of other really great things in that game um and that's why he's the draft kings king of the game all right I'll, I'll let you go first here dev we're gonna give out some helmet stickers um who who's who really stood out to you besides makai tonight jack broussard i mean it's it's pretty much a gimme um this is not like a, a monster game in a game that we're expecting you know that we we've seen him do in the past, especially last year, he had such a um, a huge year. But for him to come in and have 15 carries for 94 yards, especially with starting out so rough and and only having eight yards in the first quarter, and you finish with 94 only on 15 carries in a real game or even a close game, that's going to be 25 carries, mm-hmm. and you turn that into you know 150 and maybe two touchdowns or something like that. He averaged six yards a carry. Um, so, like, it was productive, and um, you could get behind that. So I think that he, he deserves a sticker. Yep, I think that's a good call. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Sami. I think that, that he, he, you know, he's always been kind of, like, gifted. And, and not in, like, the sense that, like, you look at LaVisca Chenault and say, like, wow, look at that man. But but for Jalen Sami to be whatever he is, six foot five and three hundred and twenty five pounds with quick feet, you're just like okay, there's something there. And I feel like he might be turning the corner, you know, to to, to see what he did tonight. And again, it's it's Northern Colorado, Texas A and M next week is going to be a much better gauge of where he's at. But he was in the backfield quite a bit. Um, he made sure to point out that he has sacked tonight. I th- I think what I say something like. Uh, you know, you were in the backfield, you were making plays, got a couple tackles for last night. Like, hey, there was a sack. And I was like, yes, one of, one of them was a sack. Um, he's excited about it. And, and it's good to see him be productive. Um, and, and when you know that you have Carson Wells and you have Terrence Lang, and, and at, at the, the next level, you have Nate Landman helping out too. If you're adding another guy to that group, plus Mustafa Johnson is coming back at some point this season, that's that's really exciting. Yeah, that's that's going to be big uh, for the team just to get that type of momentum um, going. And then also just to be in the middle of a season and to have that type of reinforcement um, coming back like that, just that, that can go a long way. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. All right. Uh, who, who you want up next? Up next, since we already talked about, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that uh, Nate Landman uh, to come off Love of a, um, a ruptured Achilles to come back into the game and you know you don't look like you're yourself, but you also are still very very productive. You still are are making plays. He had four um, solo tackles tonight and also a breakup. You're getting back in coverage. This is a guy that they said cannot cover um, people. And then you see him, you know, breaking up balls and making sure that he's inside of plays and making things happen um, out there like that. That's something that you have to tip your hat to for sure. 
Yep. For, for him to go out there on that first drive and break up a pass. And, and like, I love the way he did it, too. Like, you could tell, like, he's reading the quarterback's eyes. He cuts across, gets a hand on the ball, forces the punt. He's hyped about it. That's that's what you need from him. For the most part, on passing downs, you have him blitzing up the middle. But the ability to to make a play or two when you just have that zone. And, and it's I, I think it was like man coverage everywhere else. And so it was kind of just up to him to just be like, hey, see what's up. See if you can go make a play. And he did. And and if he's making plays in the passing game as well, it's super exciting. Um, my next one, I'm going Dimitri Stanley. One catch for seven yards, not all that impressive. Those punt returns, though, incredible. Um, Carl Durrell, when we asked like two, three weeks ago, like, so what's the punt returner situation looking like? He was like, Dimitri Stanley. Dimitri Stanley's our punt returner. And and I think there's a lot of teams where you throw guys back there and give a couple guys chances, see if somebody pops. Colorado has a punt returner, and it, it's a guy who could wind up being an all-Pac-12 punt returner by the end of the season. I think he finished, I guess I, I have these stats pulled up in front of me, three returns, 68 yards, averaging 23 yards per punt return. Wow. That that changes things for the offense. Some of those scoring drives, he played a big part in them, not because of his catches on the field, but because of those punt returns. Uh, pointed out after the game that his dad was a punt returner for CU, so he grew up thinking about it. I likes watching Devin Hester highlights, that kind of stuff. And he actually was talking to Jarek Broussard during the game on the sideline. He's like, any any tips here? And he, they talked about like those cuts. They talked about the quick feet. And then it showed up when he got the ball. Coach Darrell talked about him after the game. He said it's a really good player and a dynamic kid. Um, we had some really good field position because of the effort that he put forth tonight. Put tonight. Yet Stanley, he, he made sure that the team um, went as he went. Like um, they weren't able to get things going in that first quarter. Or, you know, they weren't able to get anything going offensively, and he made it happen. And it was like one of those uh, momentum changes where it's like, let's get behind this guy. He's out here trying, and it's, you know, in an untraditional way, like his special teams. He's not getting the ball in the open field and just going, like, for, for whatever reason, they kept kicking it down the middle, and he's like, I'm going to make him pay every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that makes it really difficult, like, moving forward, where other teams are like, okay, we can't we can't put him in space. So now they're trying other things to try to not kick it to them, and, and that's when, you know, mistakes happen. Um, but you know, if he does catch one, he's going to try to make something happen. And he's a, a big play waiting to happen every time. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'll, I'll finish off my helmet stickers. I'm, I'm, I was trying to decide, do, do I go with a shot Clayton? Do I go with Dion Smith? Because both of them made some really great runs tonight. Uh, a shot, probably more of an impact on the game for sure. Also had more opportunities. And what I decided is I'm just going to split this one. I, I think that, that they each get half of it. A lot to be excited about with both of them. And they both, like I said, contributed to this win by by being kind of a change of pace. Both of them kind of showing the speed. Dion coming back from the ACL surgery last year, he did not look like he'd lost a step at all. Yeah, I'm glad that you uh, that you put them together because I was just going to go with the opposite one. Nice. Um, <laughs> the running backs, like they stole the show tonight and, and, yep. and made things happen. Um, they, they got uphill, they got to their spots. Um, and these are guys that actually believe in each other. You know, these, these are guys that are supporting each other and rooting for each other. And, um, Lewis talked about it after the game. He said, every one of those running backs are dogs, every single one of them. Um, and, and I believe that. And Jarek was also excited that, you know, his, his other guys, uh, got into the end zone, uh, having all those guys root for each other and to push each other that, that goes a long way. Um, but we already know what type of um, running backs that they have on that team. But for, you know, Smith to explode um, and for us to actually see Ashad do exactly what everyone else says that he can do and put it together when it really matters, that goes a long way. It's going to be very difficult for you to, like, look in the backfield and say, yeah, this guy does this, this guy does this. If you have to game plan for five different guys, four different guys that can just explode at any time. Yep. Broussard, Clayton, Fontenot, Smith all got in the end zone. Crazy to think about four running backs with rushing touchdowns. Um, 
I feel like I've kind of gotten everything that I need to get off my chest out. Any, any final thoughts before we wrap this up, Dev? No, I mean, I'm just excited. Uh, I'm excited to get back to it. I'm excited mm-hmm. that uh, fans are back to being at CU games. Um, mm-hmm. You could tell that the guys are excited um, and they're working extremely hard. So for them to have their, their fans backing them, I also think that they said that that was like a record. Um, for student section, like of oh, all time, I believe it never had that many fans or students um, at the game. And it was wild to see in person, like mm-hmm. just to see like from one minute, like being like not, you know, not a lot of people. And then you look back up and the whole crowd is into it and going insane. And there's a student section that RK and Ali was into somehow. Um, <laughs> that That's fun. That's just fun. Yeah, it was. And in like a half hour before the game, they were they were going crazy. They were singing, they were chanting. They and for like years, everybody's been saying, like, oh, student section, disappointing. Like, and now tonight, you look around the rest of the stadium, and it's like, well, who who is showing up late tonight? Who who's leading all this stuff? And it was the student section leading the way. And I think that not having football last year plays a big part in that it was really exciting and it just felt like college football. And like you said, it's just so good to be back. It's going to be a great season. We'll, we'll be pulling you in as much as we can Dev, because uh, some good takes tonight, some good takes. And that was a, that was a great day. Uh, shout out to uh, Yair producing tonight. Uh, and uh, for the three of us, we, uh, that's it. We're done. And uh, I have so much writing to do when it's almost two in the morning. Let's wrap it up. I'll see you guys tomorrow.